Hoagie's Garage. How you doing tonight? Part part two, Tony. Part two. Still and he's in person. And we're in person. This makes three in-person interviews now. Yeah, I'm glad you're keeping track. Well, it ain't too hard because I only got to use one <laughs> hand yet. Uh, real quick, we got to mention uh, Forged in Dirt. Uh, go to your YouTube and check those guys out. Um, another one is Midwest Angler Podcast. Um, if you like fishing. Yeah, those guys do a super job. They're a lot like us. They have a lot more shows than what we do. I think I just listened to their last They're one. They're probably think, a little more organized than we are. I think the, they have they have music and all kinds yeah, of good stuff. Yeah. They're they're the rod, you know, the line stringing out. Yeah, that's they're, all they they're, they're way more technical than we are. Yeah. Well, they're probably way smarter than what we are. They're, well, that don't take much at, for me. They're where you live, over at... Yeah, they're in Rock Rapids. Other, other part. Well, they got a teacher involved and stuff, and they're all supposed to be <laughs> I'm smarter. I'm a teacher. <laughs> no, I'm a younger teacher. teacher. Younger matter. teacher. Younger he's teacher. a younger teacher. Let's that's go right. that right. That's right. And he's PE, just like me, so you can't <laughs> tell me anything different. So, um, got to make sure we mention our new sponsor... Cooperative Energy. You bet. Those Stores guys. all over. Go to their website. Yep. And you'll hear their commercial here in a little bit. But we want to thank them a ton for being our first official paying uh, sponsor. And if anybody else wants to be a paying sponsor, please just reach out to us. So, <laughs> We're willing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Trolley. Joel Viss. Good to see Trolley. you guys. It's really hard to go with Troll. I to say Joel. <laughs> I have done it before, but. But it depends on where you are. True. If we're in church, I'll go with Joel if I run into you at a wedding or something like that. But There are people at the racetrack, if you say Joel, they'll be like, who? And like, Trolley. And then they're like, oh, okay, now I know. And then they'll come find me. Yeah, um, true. Or I have the same problem with Steve versus Toby. Toby, yeah, that's Most true. Most people don't know me as Steve. Or Steven. Steven. That's only we when talk. I'm in trouble or my Aunt Betty. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Most people have no clue what my real name is. No. So. We'll just stick with Bud. There you go. Um, Jolie, give us a little update about yourself, uh, family, just so we know a little bit more about you. Yeah, um, you know, I'm the general manager at K101 Radio up in Laverne and been up there for a long time uh, doing radio. I got hired out of there fresh out of college and uh, been sticking it around, and now I'm the general manager. And Somebody actually let me be the boss of something. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so I'm the general manager up there. I'm married. Uh, my wife, Katie, I got three kids, Devin, Kenley, and Logan, and they keep me busy running all the way through. You know, Devin's 17 and getting into go-kart racing, so he's been busy doing that this summer, and Kenley's almost 13, and she's busy with softball and basketball and about any other sport you can imagine she likes to do. So she's 13 going on 30, I think. Yeah, well. And then Logan is four, and he's my wild man, so he well, keeps me on my toes. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, done all that stuff, chasing the kids around. Bud's still chasing one of his around. Yeah, so. that was, Riley was my wild one, but he's he's good now. He's at Milwaukee Brewers doing an internship, so yep. that's a lot Keeping of fun. their field looking pretty. Yeah, absolutely. Your uh, daughter, was, one time you said that you were at, a, is she going to be a softball pitcher? She wants to be. She's been pitching softball. She had a one-hitter. The other night, so she was pretty excited about that. It was Thursday night, and we were at Rocky doing the races, and she told me I'm never allowed to come and watch her pitch again. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that happens, right? Yep. You, you hit a home run, and mom or dad wasn't there. Mom or dad, you can never come again. That's right. You stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring me to the game and then go somewhere else and come back and get me. Oh. 
No, so yeah, she's great. Uh, she's been good. Yeah, she leaves next week for a couple days, uh, Northwestern College basketball camp. So That's she'll awesome. uh, spend some time up there. My kids have been up there a lot, so she'll really appreciate that. They do a great job there. So so what what have you all been an answer for? This could take a while. Ooh, yeah, it's 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 been a long time. Uh, you do know, I need to get a Pepsi out for this one? <laughs> <laughs> you might want to put something in that Pepsi. Oh, we got a little something-something on the end of the bar over there, so. Yeah, I, you know, I started out um, in college. I actually worked for Greg and Steve Rubin a little bit and part-timed um, at Rapid Speedway and at Lake County Speedway back in the day. And uh, that's kind of how I got started in the racing stuff. And then uh, when I got into college more and we started to do more radio stuff, I got into being a sports announcer. So I actually got hired as an intern at K101. And they covered Central Lion George Little Rock football. So I actually got... 2005 was my first year doing Central Line George Little Rock football, and uh, so it's been a long, long run of it there doing football. I've done basketball and baseball, softball, um, pig shows, goat shows. I'm on the Lyon County Fair Board, so uh, you get to do that. They need a fair board member present during those shows, and they need an announcer, so I qualify. Oh, double for duty. Yeah. Double the pay that way. I, I, yeah, something like that. <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I know. So uh, about anything and everything, you know, I've been queen contest. I mean, Miss Lyon County, I emceed that one. So when that was the guys pretending oh, to be women, yep, I did yep. that one, you know. So I've oh. done regular Miss Rock Rapids. And, I wasn't uh, in that, bud. Did John Hoff do that? <laughs> he did. Yeah, he has yeah, done it. I yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. So those are good times. You know, lot, lots of community events. Um, you know, I, I just recently did the parade in Rock Rapids for Heritage Days. Figure eight races, the water wars, soapbox derby races, you know. So about anything and everything somebody will ask me to go do, I, I'm usually game. So do you have a favorite thing to announce, or aren't we allowed to have favorites in radio? Uh, you are. Um, it's usually whatever sport we're in. Um, you know, throughout the summer, doing racing is great. It's, it's fun, and I, and I love doing racing. I've always been involved in racing. But uh, when August comes around and it starts getting into that football season, you know, and you've been calling races since April, you, you get into that mode like, okay, now I'm ready to switch gears and go do football. And I have the same passion and the same love for football, so I love going and calling football and stuff like that. And then it gets cold and you have fun. You, get, you do some basketball games throughout the winter, and then you get into March Madness time and the tournament time for the high school kids and stuff. And it, it can be a lot of fun chasing them guys, too. And, uh, you know, you get to – so whatever sport you're kind of in, I, I feel you, you got to be passionate about whatever you're calling because that adds to the effect yep. of whatever you're announcing. Absolutely. You know, if you're just there doing the job, it's People not, will know that. Yeah. Yeah, you're just there to get a paycheck, you know. And, and that's not right. It's not fair to the people that are paying you. It's not fair to you because it's no fun. And it's not fair to the people participating. Yep. So, you know, you know and, and that's one of those things, too, with announcing is making sure you're educated. You know, I, I spent a lot of time reading up on different rules, different um, ways to do things, different strategies, whether it's football or basketball or, or whatever you're calling it, racing. And, you, you know, you, you do the research. You learn the, learn the people that are out there. You learn what they're doing. You learn what they're supposed to be doing. So that way when it comes time to announce those things, you have an idea and you can paint the picture. If you're on the radio, nobody can see it. You know, they're just yep. listening to you. 
and uh, you know you paint the picture and so they know what they're hearing and what they're looking at they can visualize it in their head and it, it makes it a lot clearer or you know like in football when we run a if we're playing West Lion and they run a trap play and somebody goes well what's a trap and it went for two yards and you say well that's this fullback here and what's that setting up that's setting up this little fake to him and then the fullback uh, leads the way through for either the second man through or the quarterback comes through and you know so when you can start explaining that to people a little bit it adds to the effect for them and I think they can enjoy the game better too oh absolutely the more you the more you can understand it the better it is obviously yeah and and some people you know we, I get a lot of moms who uh, talk to me and they listen to me like during a football game you know and they sit in the stands and yeah they're there to watch their kids play and they just see a jumbled mess in the middle sometimes and and they're not yeah, exactly sure I see. <laughs> yeah they're not exactly sure what's going on and, and you know it they like to listen and let somebody explain what's going on what's happening out there why this team did this why do they do this you know even a formation you know different formations do different things you know we back in the day when i started you know toby lorenzen it was power eye option around the outside you maybe threw one or two passes and now we've uh, expanded into five wide spreads shotguns and pistol formations and all so you know the game evolving um you know some people pay attention to it some people don't they're just there to watch and uh, enjoy it they say oh that was a good play it went for 50 yards well why did it go for 50 yards you know so i think those are really key aspects that an announcer can do and uh, the cool things that we can bring to the game yeah Absolutely. Versus, they you don't know, say you're at the races, then the people are watching, and you're just yeah, telling them what's going on or whatever. be interesting, you were talking about knowing the rules, it would be interesting if there's a rules change after Saturday night at Houston's. <laughs> after the, the track change. malfunction. There that, was no way a Houston's car was going to be allowed to change. Yeah, but Shoehart hit the same door. Yep, Shoehart was the one flat. they're worried about. Yeah. Shoehart's flat was caused by the door also. It, but that's going to be a hard one to do because um, it's an unplanned thing. That Him hitting that door is no different than if somebody drove under the tires and hit the berm and a piece of debris flew up and he hit the debris. Yeah. You know, or like in a stock car race, if a bumper falls off and you run over the bumper, yeah, it's not your fault, no. but it's still going to do some damage that's, and take you out of the game. To me, that's more of a racing thing, though. You know, when then the bumper falls open. off then versus the door on the side of the track. I don't know. The, it's going to be, it'll, it'll create a lot of discussion in social media for a while, I would think. Yeah, well, and the door, you know, it didn't just open. That was one of those things, too. It didn't just open. Uh, no. Those lead cars hit the door coming no, down the no, front Carson stretch. Carson hit it, I think. Yeah. Carson uh, hit it. The one that David Gravel. Gra Gravel hit it, and the door swung open. But it was a closed until a car hit it. And yeah. then it broke yeah. open. So it was a car on the track yeah. caused the issue. It didn't just yeah, break. Yeah, it didn't just it, pop open. So, so according to, you know, if anybody wants to blame the racetrack, you can't blame the racetrack because it didn't break until a car hit it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's still a bad deal. Yeah, it still sucks either way. But. How much of your announcing has been just you? I know it is a lot more difficult, especially at a football game, when you got to find the person that made the tackle – and then try and say their name. You know, I've, I've been up in the crow's nest, and, you know, when Randy Gakey's doing just the, you know, announcing at the game, 
you know, he has a, a spotter helping him find who the tackle was and he'll point so that Randy can say who made the tackle and stuff. Do you, have you had that luxury? Do you do a lot of it yourself? What's, what have you done? Yeah. Um, you know, I've done races by myself. I've done football. Um, basketball is really hard to get a color guy in, um, on the radio just cause basketball is so fast paced, so fast moving. So it's hard for a color guy. They basically have two to three seconds to get a comment in that's worthwhile. And uh, so that makes it really hard. So you do a lot of basketball by yourself. Uh, do a lot of football by myself. Um, nice part about football is there's 30 seconds between plays. Doesn't sound like a lot of time, but it really is. Um, so it gives you time to call the play. And then that 30 seconds gives you time to talk a little about the, about the play, talk about the, the kids that were involved in it and, and the play that actually happened. Racing, uh, racing's, you're hoping for a caution. You know, and then you yeah. go back to it. You know, when you're doing a race, I've talked to guys about it who are getting into racing, announcing and stuff like that. And I, I try to tell them, don't try and analyze the race. Just tell people what's going on. Tell, tell what's happening out there. And then if there is a caution or a red, then you can go back and then you can explain and do a little bit more anal analysis there. But uh, during the live racing, the action is so fast that things are happening. Yeah. And it's not always the leader. Sometimes it's the guy in fifth and sixth. Sometimes it's the guy in 14th. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're trying to pay attention to all 20-plus cars on the racetrack. So you almost got to know your timing, when you can elaborate on things and when you just need to, to call what's happening. You bet. Because well, then halftime, if you say you're calling a race, tell the yellow they can't hear you very well anyhow. Correct. So... You know, then you've got to get your yellow to explain what all happened between the last yellow or the green or whatever to get I, it covered. I will say at Rapid, you can hear pretty good. Can you? Not, at, I don't do at, much in the stands. At Houston's, we can't, can't hear a thing at Houston's. But they've had some damage and stuff this year, too. But, but I'm sure you can still hear it on Dirt Vision. Can hear. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> can't hear nothing in the push truck. That's right. Hey, we're going to take our first break, and then we'll be right back. We'd like to thank our new sponsor, Co-op Energy Company, your tri-state supplier for all your energy needs, tires for cars, trucks, and tractors, and fuel like farm fuel, gas, and propane to heat your house and your livestock barns. Co-op Energy even supp supplies the propane for the propane pusher, Toby Agason, at Husits and Rapid Speedway. Co-op Energy has several convenient stores in towns located near your local track. Stop in before the race to get your gas, snacks, and beer. If interested in doing business with CEC, please give Randy a call at 712-400-8216. Again, 712-400-8216. To set up an account or visit their website at www.coopenergyco.com to find a location near your favorite track. And some of those places that you can stop by are Wildcat Junction in Larchwood, Jackrabbit Junction in Sibley, Interstate Sea Store in Worthington, Blue Line Truck Stop in Lakefield, Junction 86 in Milford, and... Boji Junction in Okaboji. And we're back at Hoagie's Garage. So, Trolley, in your mind, 
What makes a great announcer? I think what makes a great announcer... And don't say me. No, no, okay. no, no worry, no okay. worries, no worries there. <laughs> what, what makes a great announcer, we talked a little bit about it earlier, you know, passion. I, I, I think they have to be passionate about what they're doing. Um, knowledge is also big. You know, you can have a guy that can come on and rattle off some things off the top of his head and, you know, can be really smooth with his voice and a really great voice, but you can tell if he doesn't know what he's yeah, talking about. People will know it. Yeah, so, you know, I think there's, the passion is great. You know, we, we kind of laugh at sometimes you get into some of those really exciting races and, you know, your your voice pitch gets Change really high up. and you almost get that little squeak and that squeal and we make fun of each other about it. Sean and I usually yell at each other. We're usually texting each other while we're announcing. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about if it gets super exciting, you know. But but that's passion. And, and I think the people listening. That's what and, makes and, it good. Yeah, they, they get excited too. You know, if you're just sitting there dull, monotone, take some of the excitement away from the race. And, you know, I think the knowledge part is really good. And then being clear, you know, being very clear about what you say, how you say it is important too. You know, you want people to be able to understand what you're going to say. And you, you sometimes there's those guys that are too smart. Oh, yeah. You know, they're way too smart. And sometimes you need to go, hey, he just wheeled that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, you need to say that sometimes because that's what happened. And yeah. people appreciate that, you know. If so. you don't want to get into that, well, he got a little bit too high here, and then he slipped in the middle, and the wheel kicked out. and they, Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. You know, sometimes they just would say he wheeled him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jacob Allen, we have a couple of different nicknames for him. I call him the dude. You call him Spicoli. Reminds me of Spicoli <laughs> off of Fast Times. Yeah, you know, but you know, there's a couple of times he's crashed and they've interviewed him, and he's like, "I don't know, man. I was just wheeling it." Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, he just tells you the way it is, and the crowd goes nuts. So. Well, that's what you want to hear too. Yeah, you you we don't, don't want to hear no big fancy excuse. Just tell us what happened and go yeah, from there. Yeah, you know that, and like those, we used to do um, trophy presentations at the end of races because everyone wants to get through the races, and if you have time to do it, you know, you do the trophy presentations. But that takes away from it too. I love getting to a racer in victory lane when you just, just won a wonder, big race. Yep. And you stick a microphone. You don't know what they're going to say, and sometimes that's kind of scary because you're not sure what <laughs> they're going to say. Button to yeah, push. <laughs> <laughs> and there's kids up there, and but that's raw, and yep. uh, it, it's great. And and yeah, it goes back to that. It's that passion. Yeah, an hour, and, hour and a half later, when you talk to them, they're already had a couple. You know, they're mellowed out. And, yep, they've and calmed down. They've had time to think is, about it. Yeah. I don't want them to think about it. I want them to know. You know, we used to learn in TV college. I, you know, I did TV stuff. And they tell us uh, when you go to cover a news event, like a fire or something like that, they said you look for the honkiest looking dude, the lady in the in the hair curlers, whatever. You look for that person and you go interview them because they're going to give you the best sound bite you can get. So those are the people they <laughs> teach you that. <laughs> they teach you to look for that stuff, and so it's you know it, that's just all part of it. You know that that's the fun part. That's you want to hear the truth. You know no. Everybody gets the canned answers in front of a, a professional interview. We we want the truth. We want the actual emotion of what did you really think of that? Yeah. 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 My brother Joe was just saying, you know, a few years ago, quite a few years ago, and it might have been your station, but somebody covered 
the Husets as soon as it was done. There was a little like three to five minute segment that you could tune into after the races on some radio station. I don't know which one, but you could you could hear what happened at the races. And he's like, "You guys should do that with your podcast at Husets. You right Who's after listen to us right after right the races? after you know they're done." You know, find them in the back and just do a little oh, that way two-minute segment and, you know, get each one and then throw it out on a podcast. Just be less than a 10-minute podcast. That'd be, be like, our winner's thing yeah, that we've you know, been trying just, to do. Yeah. but Well, I got an interview with Jay Rosenboom last year after West Lyon beat Central Lyon George Litterock to go to the Dome, and I caught him on the field after um right after the game so they weren't even done yet and they were walking off best interview i've ever had with jay I, i've interviewed jay for so many years and we've done phone interviews and Locking professional and yeah yeah it's the same old canned thing he's a professional i'm going to answer your question without answering your question and give you the blah blahs you know he's so good at it you know and, and he's just a professional well to catch him on the field just out of the moment, they just broke the huddle. I got one of the best interviews ever with him, and, and that's because it was fresh. Yeah. And he had no chance to think of it. <laughs> and we, it, we probably didn't think we had a chance to win. So, you know, he was probably pretty excited. So, um, some of your best memories of announcing, and please don't say anything about Central Line beating Westline. <laughs> uh <laughs> But well, it can be. <laughs> it's happened. It's happened. Um, you know, there were a couple of those really good ones there. You know, I got to do that beef bowl game where Central Lion, George Larrock scored. West Lion came down. It was a Snyder. And he, they scored in like a minute. And then Central Lion, George Larrock came back and threw that uh, bomb in the end zone at the buzzer. And that was a really exciting one. That was awesome. Um, you know, CLGLR's first state title in 06 since the 77 game you know so it was their first state title in 30 years and, and that was that was great that was exciting it was my home school you know it's where I went uh, you know and I was only my second year announcing and yeah they win the state title and, and that was really exciting that was a fun one um, announcing wise like races I've, I've got to do a couple really good ones some really good Last lap passes, uh, you know, we had a USMTS race where they were four wide down the backstretch on the last lap for the lead. So, you know, those are exciting ones. Um, Jason Johnson won an ASCS national to a race at Rocky one, one year and uh, wow. got, to do a, got to do it with Brian Holbert. And uh, that was a really fun race to do with him. You know, he was right in the midst of all those ASCS national championships that he was doing. So he was some good, it was good to do that. Uh, you know, we were talking about we did a 410 non-wing race in Rocky, and it was right after Knoxville, and that was the idea to do it. it was the Sunday after Knoxville, and uh, Kyle Larson got to come to Rock Rapids. So I, before Kyle Larson was Kyle Larson, I got to announce him, not even having so a you're clue. You're telling me Kyle Larson was in Rock Rapids racing? He was in Rock Rapids. He raced. Jack, I did not know that. He raced Jack Yaley's race car, and I asked Jack Yaley who this young kid was in his car. And he said, some punk who's probably going to crash, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so, and I think he did. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I got to call Kyle Larson before he was Kyle Larson. So that was, those are kind of neat things that you look back on now and you get to see. Um, you know, I got to call Hills Beaver Creek football this year up yep. in uh, 
the new Viking Stadium. That's that's a neat place to go see. I've been in the Fargo Dome, the UNI Dome. You know, I got to go. I've been to TCF Bank Stadium, done a game in there when Edgerton Ellsworth was up there. Um, so I've got to go to a lot of really cool places and call games at cool places. So maybe not even the most exciting event. You know, some of those games didn't end out very well. But uh, they're just cool just to, be to be at. There. Yeah, being in an event like that, in a, in a situation like that, it's, those are... In those are something like that. Yeah, those are neat things to be a part of, you know. Probably a little bit nicer booth than what you're used to, say, at Rocky. <laughs> I love that booth in Rocky. Well, they they've, keep... they've improved it quite a bit over the years. No, not at all. Oh. They, they keep telling me they want to enclose it and stuff like that, but something about being in the middle of everybody, you make a comment, they can turn, if they wanted to, they could throw a beer at me or throw popcorn at We're me. We're not allowed to have beer in Rocky at the high school games. No, not at there. No, I'm, I'm talking about the racetrack. Oh, at the track. I like the racetrack. Oh, oh okay. I like the race. I'm talking about the racetrack. Okay, so, I wasn't. I hadn't you know, you're, up yet. you're right in the elements there, and I love being there. But yeah, you know, um, I've been in some pretty crazy football stadiums too. We went up into a nine-man game, and I can't remember where it was. It was way up north. It was before they put the semifinals in the inside. Okay. And so we were way up north. And they barely had any lighting. They had cars park on top of the hill and shine their headlights over the field oh to make gosh. sure we had enough light. Um, it was like a cardboard box on stilts. And Jay Kelly and I are in there, and it was so cold that we did our 10-minute pregame before the game started, and our water bottles froze. So we had frozen water after 10 minutes. It was so cold up there. So what you're saying, the lucky ones were the people sitting in their cars with the headlights on. <laughs> yep, absolutely. The people that were lucky were the ones that didn't go. And then uh, it was a great game. I remember it went back and forth. It was nine-man football, you know, so that's just run and gun back yeah, and forth. Yeah. And and so it was it was exciting, but it took forever because the clock kept stopping. Yeah. Because touchdown, touched, touchdown, yep. touchdown. And we were – just for, it got so cold. I was trying to keep stats with my pen on paper, and my pen it froze. froze up, yep. So I couldn't even write with a pen anymore. I had to just forgo stats and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, see, so there's fun memories, and then there's memories that, like, man, that was awful. I hope I never have to do that again. <laughs> that was awful, but you know, so yeah, we've done those. And but yeah, it, you know, you get to do a lot of really, really cool, fun stuff. You know, being an announcer is a lot of fun. You get to go on the outs on the backside of things. You get to learn some stuff about, you know, I, I think one of the best things about being the CLGLR guy is I go to practices and I, I get to know the kids. I get to interview the kids a little bit. And, you know, I, I get to see them. I start watching them when they're uh, in JV. Yeah. So when they're sophomores, I start paying attention to them and watching them. And then when they become seniors and you can talk about them and say, I remember when this kid was, you know, we talk about Nate DeYoung. Um you know, all-state elite quarterback for Central Line, George Little Rock. When he was a sophomore, he came in in scrub time, and I think three out of his first snaps he fumbled. So I, I always remember that with Nate, that he couldn't take the ball from center, and then Coach Lorenzo goes, yeah, he's going to be our guy. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? He's going to be our guy? <laughs> he turned out all right. <laughs> he, turned, yep, he turned out okay. So uh, – yeah, no. Must so, be why Coach Lorenzen's the head coach. And that, you were just the announcer. That's right. I was just the announcer, <laughs> you know. And he and he'd tell me those little secrets, you know, about Nate. You know, we always run option, you know. And he goes, "Yeah, there was no option." He goes, "It was quarterback option keep." 
Nate, you just go. Yeah, <laughs> there was no option. Yeah, so it was called an option, but it wasn't really. Yep, so. absolutely. So you know, you get to find out those those cool little quirks and cool yep. little things about it, and and stuff like that. So you, you know, you get to find out some of the inner inside situation. And in the racing world, I love walking down before the races and talking to guys and, and just you know whether they got to tell me, hey, I got T-shirts for sale, or hey, I got this sponsor in the stands. Can you help me out with there with that? Like, yep, no problem. Um, or, you know, they just want to shoot the breeze with you. Yep. You know, how you guys been doing? Oh, my goodness, this week has been awful. And they <laughs> give you some of the stuff. And and so it, it's good to hear. And and that gives you that knowledge, too. So yep. when you get up there and, you know, if they're winning, you can say, man, he had a really rough week. You know, this is sure. a great rebound for him. So, you know, that absolutely. those are nice and things to know. that's great for the people to hear, too. Yeah, absolutely, you know. Before we go to break, last last thing here, and then we promise to get in a little bit more on the racing side of things. But uh, athletes in Northwest Iowa, Southwest Minnesota, right now, um, I'm not saying it's better than what it was before, but man, we've had some really good athletes. Yeah, we, we, is that fun for you to announce? Seeing all these kind of, we have a lot of D ones going places. You we, know? yeah, we do. It, it's great to watch them. Um, I actually went up. Uh, the other week and watched Central and George Little Rock. They were just at South Dakota State um, for their camp. And uh, seeing those guys, obviously Zach Lutmer committed to Iowa. You know, that's a great thing for our Northwest Iowa guys to have another guy going down to the Hawkeyes. And uh, to see him perform against other high-level teams. Uh, there was a team, the Lions actually made it into the finals of the Jackrabbit Challenge, and they had to go up against a team from the cities. And... Uh, they were that's, big. No, they were. That's not going to be good for West Lions. No, <laughs> it, it it was. They were big. Um, they had a D one lineman. He was about six four, three hundred some pounds, and uh, he was big. And he stood up against the Crossmar guys, and we looked just small. And and then they had a tailback right behind him, and he was about six two, two twenty, and he was just a ripped athlete. And it was one play for all the marbles. If they got five yards, they won. If we stopped them, they we won, and we did not win. <laughs> but but, I'm, but guess, I'm guessing the ball went behind the great big fella with the yeah yeah they ran right him. yep it was your basic play it was just just an iso and they went right up the middle. But uh, yeah, you get to see that you know you've gotten to see guys. Um, West Lions had some really good ones. They got Davian Sterner up at SDSU right now. I, I got to watch him last year, just a redshirt freshman last year. And he got to come in late in a game. And, and it's good to see those guys that you get to play. Ryan Van Marl's up there playing at SDSU. Um, you know, Snyder's have been all over the place. And, and, you know, and then you even come down a level and you see how well Morningside and Northwestern's doing. You know, those are guys that don't get all the hype because they're not D1 athletes. But, uh, they're performing at the highest level of NAIA. Those guys are two of the best teams in NAIA. And you look at those teams, and they are just stacked with Northwest Iowa talent. And, uh, you know, people are starting to take notice of it, and I think that's what's helping the D1 thing is our guys are going out even on the smaller levels and, A, showing what kind of athletes they are, but, B, showing what kind of guys they are. You know, our we always talk about, you know, we get some good – healthy athletes here but our kids have work ethic that yeah. just is unmatched Number one thing right there you know and and you hear that from a lot of college coaches when we talk to college coaches they love the kids from northwest iowa 
because when they come to camp and we tell them what to do and we get after them, they do it. And uh, they don't bat an eye, they don't complain, and they just work hard, you know. And, and that gives us a great reputation. And I think some of our kids start to get some looks from coaches at other levels just because of, hey, he may not be the best, but he's going to work harder than yeah, this guy. We can make him something. Yeah, and I, and I think that helps us out a lot too. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're finally going to talk a little bit, just racing a little okay. bit more. That'll work. like to thank Octane Inc. from T, South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, they also do coolers, and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, you name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343 it is 800 east prescott in t south dakota and again they're just great people to work with all right we're back at the garage with trolley um what are some of the things you've done in the past involved with racing i mean you didn't always announce <laughs> no it wasn't always an announcer um you know i've been a racer my entire life um, my mom took me to the races. My dad took me to the races when I was way little, before I even knew what was going on. Changed our diapers in the parking lot at the racetrack, yeah. you know, a few times. Um, so we've always been, my, our family's always been involved in racing. Um, and I can remember, you know, the first time I really got involved in it, my dad was helping Bob Klostebor. Um And so my dad worked with Bob Klostebor. And we'd go out to the shop for maintenance nights. And, you know, I, I hung around the shop. I was the annoying kid who got in the way. And uh, I'd go run out in Bob's Grove and do stuff. But it was Bob Close to War and Ron Fick and Jim Fick. You know, those three would race mini sprints against each other. And uh, then they moved up into the 360 world. So I actually started uh, w with my dad, following my dad and, and watching him. And Jimmy Lupkus and Petey and yeah. uh, Rick LaFriends and those guys. You know, so I grew up with those guys, watching them do stuff, and that's how I kind of got in, got into it, got interested in it. And uh, you know, then then as I got into high school, I helped Brian Baker a little bit. You know, I was the mud scraper, and I could put fuel in the race car. That was about all I was allowed to do. Uh, and then I I helped Jeff Hogendorn a little bit with his sportsman car, and then uh, Jody started in 2003, and so I jumped in with Jody. You know, and kept. You know the family thing there uh, and the connections there so i jumped in and started helping jody um, on his car and you know our crew chief our first year in those first couple of years was rich giadoni you know rich giadoni he's a houston's hall of famer as a crew chief and uh he was daryl dolly's crew chief oh yeah um yep. i just thought he was an old man no <laughs> he still is an old man but uh uh rich taught me so much um rich taught me how to do things, why we did things, um, and, and different things, too, even about life. You know, Daryl Dolly obviously died in a crash, um, and he yeah. was the crew chief. And we would talk about 
you know, if you do this wrong and this car crashes and your driver dies, that can be your fault, you know, and, and we would talk about stuff like that. And he would sit down there and we'd be changing tires or changing tire pressures or shocks or turn, making turns in cars. And he was really good at saying, this is why we're doing that, you know, and where I'd come up to him as a young guy, shouldn't we do this, Rich? And he's like, look at the racetrack. What's the racetrack doing? And I didn't know what I was looking at. And he would sit there and he would teach me those things. You know, this is how we're going to read the racetrack. This is the color change of it. Look at the texture of the racetrack. You know, we can see those things. And uh, he goes, that's how we're going to adjust what our car is going to do. And uh, I learned so much from him. And then uh, got to jump in and, you know, when Rich stepped away, you know, and then it was just me and Jody there for a while. And uh, we ran all over the place. And uh, we had a lot of fun. You know, Jody was really talented, young and early. And uh, we won some good races. And we had some fun. And, and we knew some tricks. You know, Rich taught us a lot. So we knew some things. Uh, and then we jumped in and we got a ride with Team Crown, um, you know, out oh, of yep. Worthington. Yep. You know, we ran the Mighty Mouse car. Yep. And I think, you know, Jason Johnson um, taught me a lot about maintenance. They were meticulous about maintenance, about going to the shop and really going through things and teaching you that you're, you win races in the shop. You don't win them at the racetrack. We want to be absolutely as prepared as possible when we get to the track that we don't have problems at the track. And, uh, you know, those guys tossed that. We had some great years, obviously, with the Mighty Mouse yeah, car. Oh, yeah. um, you know, that one year we won 10 features in the season at Husets, um in that car. 10 out of 19, we finished outside the top three once, and that was fourth. Wow. So, I mean, those are just seasons. That's a pretty good year. Those are seasons you, ju you just dream of. Um, and it was stuff that we were just, we got there and we were prepared. Yeah. And we didn't have problems there, you know. Why didn't you have a DNF? Well, our car was ready to go. And those are those, so those guys really taught us about maintenance and stuff like that. And then we carried that over and got into the 410 racing a little bit more and, and doing some of that stuff. And there's different tricks to that, uh, you know, moving from a 360 to a 410 race car, um, the different ways you got to set things up, how you adjust for the power and the weight issues um, with the motors and, and stuff like that. So, those are really cool things that that we've gotten to do. You know, we won a lot of races. You know, um, like I said we won ten. Jody's still the all-time leading 360 winner at Husets. You know, and we set that record. You know, all them years ago, and it still stands today. And uh, yeah, we we won a lot of races. We had a lot of fun too. I mean, we we played hard, <laughs> but, but we had a lot of fun. Um, and uh, we always had a great time with each other. You know, we were best friends. We were both best men in, our, in each other's weddings. Um, and, uh, you, you know, like I said, and, and it was a lot of working together every day and learning to talk to each other. Communication was pretty big. You know, Jody and I could, we'd talk throughout the week while we were working on cars and doing stuff. And then when we got to the racetrack, we knew how to talk to each other of what he, I knew what he wanted in the car. He knew what how to tell me what to do um, to get the car better. And, and we really had a great connection and it worked really well and made it a lot of fun. And uh, we were talking beforehand, uh, you know, I haven't, now that I'm married and got kids and I'm busy and I'm announcing and uh, doing all the other stuff, I don't get to go with him as much as I want. You know, anytime I want, he says I can come along. But uh, he called me earlier this year and, and it was a Friday morning. He says, hey, all my crew's gone. Can you come to Nebraska with me? And let, can we go run? 
And uh, so we joked on the way down to uh, the races, and uh, we were kind of goofing around and talking about how it was the old school team. We're the old guys now. And, yeah. You know, the B squad, brought, he brought out the B team. <laughs> and uh, we ended up being hard charger Friday night at I-80 Speedway. And uh, then we went on to Norfolk, Nebraska the next night. And uh, we started deep or started a little bit, a few rows back in the field and ended up passing Jason Martin for the lead and running away from Dover and all that stuff. And we won by a full straightaway. Uh, you know, and it was like, hey, man, we still got it. We can still do this. <laughs> you know? So, so you're, he called you on Friday morning and took you away for the whole weekend then, more or less. Yeah, he called me and says, what are you doing this weekend? Because I don't have a crew. And I said, what time are we leaving? He says, noon. I'm like, oh, that's like two hours from now. <laughs> and I'm like, I said, let me make a phone call first. I, uh, you know, Better call I, I can't say I asked the wife. I kind of told her that I was going. But I, I, I kind of asked. First. Yeah, I kind of asked. But I think I told her more, hey, I'm leaving and I'm going for the weekend. <laughs> so it's a good thing we did. It's a good thing we did well. Because yeah, yeah. if we'd have gone down there and crashed, I'd have been in big trouble. <laughs> You're still married, so it wasn't all bad. Yeah, absolutely. No, so, uh, yeah, you know, and I think that's helped me with the announcing thing, too, you know, being, being a crew chief. And, well, you uh, understand it. Yeah, you know. So you take me. All I know <laughs> is don't hit them too hard when you pull up behind them and don't run them over. So, that's all I need to know in a push truck. Hey, that those are important so, things. So that's pretty simple. Those are important. I don't have to know too much. I had an issue with a push truck guy once, oh. <laughs> and so it's okay <laughs> if you know what you got to do. A push truck guys got to know what they have to do and when they got to be there. But uh, yeah, no, um, obviously, yeah, knowing how to set up a car, what changes I can make. So you know, we talked about that under a caution. Um, I can look at the racetrack and say, hey, look at what this racetrack's doing, and I can point that out to people in the crowd. And say, this is what the track's doing, you know, um, or if it's a red and an open red, what are some things that we can change? Uh, what are, what are some things doing? that, we, yeah, what, what can we do to make this car better? Why is this guy's car doing this on the track? Well, it's tight, you know, and this is why you it's tight. You bring your wealth of knowledge to the microphone. I, I do bring my wealth of knowledge <laughs> to the microphone. Um, but, yeah, that you know, so that experience led into the announcing thing and really, really helps you out. So, um you know, like I said, I learned from some really cool people. You know, I think back about that. And, yeah, I started Bob Close to War. He's a Hall of Famer at Houston's. You know, obviously Rosie, he's a yep. Houston's Hall of Famer now, Jackson Hall of Famer, you know, helping Rosie in my younger years. Um, you know, Ron Fick was around. I was around Ron Fick. He's going to be a Houston's Hall of Famer this year. Rich Giudoni's a Houston's Hall of Famer. You know, I, I've, you know I, I remember in the younger days at Jackson helping Fran Bruns. You know, and I got to help some really cool people yep. and some really knowledgeable people, you know, and, uh, you know, got to sit down in the pit area a few times and just sit down with guys like Leonard McCarl. And, you know, you just pick their brain and talk to them. And sometimes it's a bunch of BS and <laughs> sometimes gotta, it's actually got to sort it out. As yeah. They it to you, yeah. Right? You know, and then, yeah. And then, you know, then we even moved on to the Chili Bowl and, and you know, you step it up a notch. And, you know, we got to race with J.J. Yaley. You know, you get to race with guys in NASCAR. Jack Yaley, you know, he's in how many Hall of Fames. And you don't understand how smart that guy is till you sit down yeah. and just talk to him. It all go right over top of my head probably. but Not really. He, you know, one of the coolest things Jack Yaley ever told me was we were doing maintenance on the car because that's what you do. You do maintenance. Yeah. And in a, in a big sprint car, you're pulling the bars out, the torsion bars, and you're cleaning them and putting them all back in there. And so I was going to do that in this midget, and he asked me, what the hell are you doing? 
And I said, well, I'm cleaning bars, you know, I'm doing my maintenance, you know. And he goes, he goes, do you realize that a truck driver will drive on that truck and spin those axles 50,000 miles before he even looks at them? And he goes, you turned that bar a quarter of an inch last night, and he goes, and you're pulling it out and cleaning it. What are you doing? You are just <laughs> wasting time. <laughs> and I never really thought of it that way, and he's like, and I'm like, yeah, I get you know you're yeah. you know he is right, but you know I was always taught, yeah, we got to do maintenance, got to pull the bars out, clean the dirt out of them, you know, make sure they're make sure everything's tight. And he goes, and... he's like that thing turned a quarter of an inch last night, and he goes, truck drivers spin them things for fifty thousand miles before they look at them, and you're over there goofing around with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I guess so. And, you know. So what what is the chili bowl like? You know, two guys that have never been down there is that is that a must? Must see or it's definitely a bucket list. Definitely a bucket list. Um, a lot of people compare it to Knoxville, um, but it's bigger than Knoxville. Um, everything's indoors, yeah. you know, and that's one of those things where you don't, you can't explain how big the building is until you've been there. Yeah, and you can see it where they put, you know, three hundred and fifty race cars with their trailers indoors, and that's one half the building. And then the other half is the racetrack. You know, you're just walking around there. And, uh, well, then, too, the, the trucks are on, like, the second level, and ain't there, like... Yep, the track's on the lower level, yeah. and, and the pit area's on the upper level, so... And then there's, is there vendors and crap underneath then, or...? Uh, they're actually out there by the pit area, so there's a full trade show that goes on there, and um, it, it's crazy. Um, they're very fan-friendly. Um you can, you know, if you get your tickets for the Chili Bowl, I think it's $15 a day extra, and you can have a pit pass attached to your deal. So you can be in the races, and you can take a break, and you can go walk through the pit area, and you can walk right up to a guy and uh, yep. see what they're doing on their race cars and, and watch them, what they're doing. If they crashed, you can go down there and check it out. Um, so it's super fan-friendly. Um the who's who of racing's there you know you've oh, got yeah. nascar guys yeah. and you've got drag guys there and you know sprint car guys australian guys there i mean you've got indy car guys racing there you know we've jody's uh been lucky enough you know we've had connor daly um yep. in his car he had santino ferrucci in his car um you guys had sean quinn on the on, the on your podcast yep. he he raced uh, for us a couple times um mike hess the runner of the world of outlaws raced our car down there um you know chad bays you yeah. know he's been in our in our car uh, casey schumann's been in our car um so we've got some really cool guys uh, some really cool names you know like i said we we raced with jj ailey he was a teammate of ours down there um you you can walk right up to tony stewart kyle larson yeah you know all those guys are there chase chase elliott's there last year we pitted right next to uh chase briscoe yeah. Really fun guys. C really Bell's fun. Down there running. Yeah, you know. Well, and, now they're running up in PA. C Bell and Larson. And, yeah, and you know, you you can just walk right up to them, shake their hand, and they are more than glad to talk to you. It, you know, it's relaxing for them guys. It's not like at NASCAR no. for them where they're getting bombarded. They get bombarded and uh, down there too, and people catch them, but they can go hide in the trailer if they want to. But yep. uh, a lot of times. They're out standing by the backs of their cars, and they're happy to take pictures with people, sign autographs, shake their hands. And it, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And, and then every night, it's great racing. 
Yeah. You know, those midget cars are so fun to watch. And uh, Oh, man, the show they put on last year at Houston's too. Yeah. Geez, that was, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're so fun to watch, and they do that, you know, six nights in a row. And it's it's just something fun, and it's great. It's definitely a bucket list thing that you want to go see. And, and I would say if you got tickets to go watch it, get the pit pass upgrade. Sure. What uh, Rapid Speedway, they have some big shows coming up at all or anything you want to mention? Yeah, over at Rapid, uh, you know, we've got a lot of fun stuff going on. We, we've done some good stuff already this year. We had a few good late model shows that came down to the wire. We've had some really good sprint car shows uh, already. And we got a big one coming up, Lyon County Fair, uh, Tuesday night, uh, July the 19th. And uh, we wanted to make it big. We wanted to make it exciting. And so we went, and we're going to bring 410 Outlaw Sprint Cars back. And uh, first time since 2013 that they've been back at Rocky. And uh, it, it's going to be fun. It, it's run what you brung. So there's going to be tire rule is black and round. Just <laughs> just bring us a tire. A uh, guy asked me, well, do you guys have a wing rule? Because there is that, you know, you could have a dish wing or a flat wing. I said, I suggest you have one. You know, so, uh, so almost a cheater's day. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's really hard to cheat up the motors and those well, things yeah. anymore. So, yeah. um, you know, bring a wing, bring us whatever tell you want. They asked about the scales. I said we're fat guys. We don't like scales. You know, yeah. so so you know, don't worry about that. You know, let, let's see what we can bring out for those guys. And and you know, when you're in a tire shortage, and we don't know what tires are available oh, yeah. if you can just pick one off the pile or whatever you got in your shop come run it That's come right. run with it you know and then we're gonna I, have, I didn't know any of that i knew the 410s were coming i didn't know it was kind of an open race you could say yep gonna be open race there um then we'll have the 305 sprint cars will be in there and the late model street stocks will be in there. so those will be the two support classes so late model street stocks you know, 305s and then 410s um, it's and, and it's on the tuesday night of the fair it's always really well attended it's really cool to see those old grandstands full of people, oh, and, yeah. and they get noisy and they get loud. And it, it's been great. We've done 360s the last couple of years, and it's been a lot of fun. We've had some good shows, but uh, we wanted to go one step more. You know, take another step, try something different. And we said, you know, with the reemergence, you know, with Houston's opening back up and bringing 410s back in the area, yep. um, we wanted to say, hey, let's bring the 410s back to Rocky. And so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, it should be. Hopefully, we just get a good car count. I think I think we'll be okay. I was around Houston's Saturday night and uh, talking to a lot of guys, and, and they're excited about it. You know, we're going to pay four thousand dollars to win, four hundred dollars to start. So uh, you know, we're going to make it a good payout. We're going to start twenty-four cars, and you know, I guess if we get eighteen four tens and six three sixties want to show up and tag the back and collect four hundred, go for it. Let's yeah, go. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You see that all the time. Some of them guys, they just want to race. Yeah, absolutely. It's a Tuesday night, they got nothing else going on. You bet. Um, what do you think? Should we do speed questions with Trolley? We just as well. All right. I know he likes to eat, so he'll there answer your questions go. for that. And then he'll have restaurant recommendations in the area for us. <laughs> there you go. Uh, favorite flavor of ice cream? Ooh, cookie dough. There you go. Cat or dog person? Dog. Do you have time for any hobbies besides announcing and chasing your kids? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, you know, I, I get to play sand volleyball right here in Leicester on Wednesday nights. That's that's go. my thing. In the village. In, in the, the village, village, you bet. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, you know, I, I was always a Days of Thunder fan. Always been a Days of Thunder fan. First thing you drink when you wake up in the morning? Water or coffee. Snow or rain guy? Rain all the way. 
so then we're going to assume on this next question, which kind of falls in line, like we always say, but um, would you rather it be 105 or 5 degrees? <laughs> Depends. How much wind? <laughs> <laughs> well, around here, that's quite well, a bit. That's, that's true. Uh, I'd rather actually have 5. You know, I think on a zero-degree day when there's no wind, it doesn't feel too bad. No, no, that is true. Um, what's your favorite place to go out to eat? I like tailgaters over in Brandon. You know, a good friend of mine, Hal V, runs that place. You know, I love tailgaters. Your favorite holiday? Favorite holiday has to possibly be Christmas. What app on your phone do you use the most? <laughs> um, my Race Pass. There you go. <laughs> That's the racer coming out. There you go. Again. Um, what's your favorite thing to eat, whether you eat it at home or out on the, out on, in the restaurants? Ooh, um, same thing. I, you know, it depends on where you are. Um, I, I like a good pasta. I love Chislick. You know, I'm a big fan of Chislick. You know, I, I, I can eat pizza about any day of the week. And I, I'm not opposed to when my kids say, hey, let's have macaroni and cheese. I'll eat that too. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, a good racetrack hot dog with all the fixings. Can't beat it. I did, I've, I've been impressed with, I've been eating the walking taco at Husets. There you the go. Pits. We don't get french fries in the pits anymore like we used to. So we... I had the nachos the other night, uh, and uh, they have the old Jackson Speedway barbecue meat there. Oh. So that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, if they could only get the onions and the jalapenos and all that stuff back. COVID's gone. We can get, yeah. we can bring back the toppings, the I jalapenos, think. Jalapenos, so. I don't see how COVID can spread on them anyhow. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How many speeding tickets do you have? Uh, more than I care to say. <laughs> so along with that, what's what's the fastest you've ever driven on the highway? Uh, my car shut off at 160 one night. <laughs> <laughs> That's up there a ways. What's, uh, what's your favorite flavor of drink? Uh, if I'm drinking beer, I like Bud Light or Summer Shandies in the summertime. Yeah. I, I do like a good Summer Shandy. And if I'm just relaxing and need a cocktail, Windsor Cherry or Crown Apple Sprite. Okay. And if you could own any vehicle in the world, what would you like to have? A 65 Corvette Roadster. There you go. Absolutely. Trolley, thanks so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to say before we let you go? Uh, no, I just I love having you guys around here. It's fun to I'm, – I'm glad I got to come to the shop. Now i got to actually come watch some races sometime. Yeah, I know where it is. If I need to hide from my wife. <laughs> Don't say that out loud. I bring mine along, so you can bring yours along if but you want. I want to have fun here now. Oh, Let's okay, not get okay. carried away. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thanks a lot again, Trolley, for coming. Hey, thanks for having me, guys.